Um, today we're going to talk about faith. And um, I want to, uh, do I have any, any brave souls in the audience that would be willing to help me out for a minute? I need two, two volunteers. Two volunteers. Okay. All right. All right. It's not a snake. It's not a snake. We are we are a snake handling church. I'm just kidding. We're not a snake handling church. It's it's just just lemons. Um, you love oh good. Okay. Just lemons and candy is all I have here. But lemons are kind of like what um, we get every now and then in life, right? What, what, what happens when you when you suck on a lemon? It's sour, right? It's bitter. It just makes your face kind of do that thing. Um, but we all get them. We're all given lemons in our lives. I also have in here candy. Candy is a lot different than lemons, right? It's sweet, tastes good, everybody wants it. You don't put it in your tea, I don't think. You might, I don't know. Um, but they're vastly different. Uh, I need one person to have faith and one person to not have faith. I have faith. You have faith. Okay, I'm going to give you a piece of candy. Okay. And you just put your mouth, kind of work it around. Um, now, everybody has faith in something, right? You had faith when you got in your car today or, or, or your vans that you were going to turn the key and it was going to start up. You have faith when you sat down in your pew, that it wasn't going to tip over and the people behind you, right? We all have faith in something. But I want to talk to you today about what faith in Christ does for us, okay? Let me um, take a little slice up this lemon here. Kate says I cut a lemon wrong. You cut it a long way, right? She cut it in half and then she did some... It's a woman. Ginsu, th- but but that's not how you see it on the uh, on the rim of your. Uh, un- People from South Carolina, do y'all drink sweet tea or unsweet tea? Oh, sweet tea. Definitely. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I did not cut that wrong. I I am a lemon carving expert. Thank you. See, they can't see from back there. They just can't tell. That's the right sour person. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll cut that one more time. There we go. So we have some lemons here. Now, what kind of lemons do we get in life? What are some things that, that you might consider a lemon? What's that? I said yellow. Yellow. <laughs> what are some things that happen in our lives that we might consider lemons? Bad health. Bad health. Loss That's one. What's that? Loss of a loved one. Loss of a job. These things all come at us, right? And it doesn't matter if you have faith. You have the faith? Absolutely. Or if you don't have faith. You're going to be hit with some lemons. In your <laughs> You're going to be hit with some lemons in our lives. The difference is 
how our faith in Christ can uh, affect those lemons. Okay? When we don't have faith, would you like to take a lemon for me? Sure. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and, and take a, a taste of that lemon. Let's look at her face. How is that? Good. She's just trying cookies. Does anybody not like lemons? It is sour. It is sour. Okay. Now, it's sour, it's bitter. It, most people don't care for it. It's acidity. You probably wouldn't want it again, right? Now, you have the faith. Would you like a, a lemon? Would I like one? <laughs> yeah. go, go ahead and taste, taste the lemon for me. My face is not going to look like hers. It's going to look worse. <laughs> it's good, right? It is good. Is it sweet? It is. It's sweet. She has faith so that when the, those bad times in their lives hit, they don't affect us in the same way that somebody that may not have faith affects them, right? So to give you an example of that, uh, when I was working at um, a school in Memphis, they had a a change in principles. And the new principal came in, and she sat me down uh, last couple weeks of school, and she said, uh, we're going a different direction. We're not going to have PE next year. And I'm thinking, well, I don't teach music, so (laughs) this is a bad sign. But she said, we're just going with an arts program, music and art. So... We're letting you go. And if I didn't have faith in Christ, I would have been shell-shot. I would have been broken. I don't know what I would have done. I can't explain the peace that I had when that lemon was tossed my way. Okay? Just because you're given lemons in life doesn't mean that they have to affect you in the same way they affect everybody else. If you have Christ in your life, you can take those and build on them. You can use those to strengthen your walk. Am I right? Okay, thank you two both. Do you want any more lemons? You seem to like it more than she did. Thank you all. That was, I've never seen anybody eat a lemon and not, that amazed me. Okay. Well, welcome. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, so many people here in, in, in God's house. Um, it, uh, you know, we, we were away uh, last week, as I was saying. And I, I love being here, and I love preaching, but uh, every now and then, everybody just needs to be fed. And, and that's what last weekend was for me. It was an opportunity to, uh, to be fed in, 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 in our, our home church uh, in Memphis and um, I got to see a lot of friends, got to hear uh, a message, a great message from a, a good pastor friend of mine. Um, so, uh, but I'm happy to be back here in, in, uh, at Callaway. Um, if you would, open your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Um, to give a little demonstration, not demonstration, we did our demonstration, but to give you a little background, uh, we're going to be starting in uh, verse 25, but 
before we get there, I want to tell you some things that lead up to where we are in, in this passage. Uh, Jesus has become well-known. In fact, everywhere he goes now, he draws a great crowd. He's just swarmed wherever he goes. And it got to the point where he told his disciples to get a little boat and put it in the Sea of Galilee so that when we get swarmed, what does he do? He actually gets in the boat, pushes himself out, and preaches from the boat. But he doesn't preach in words like you and I speak. He taught in parables. He taught in several parables. You, you remember that we, 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 I've preached on this in the past, the, uh, the, 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 the sowers, right, the, the, the seeds. And um, he, all these people, they, they, they hear about all the miracles that he's done. They hear about how wonderful the things his, he, that he's done are, his teachings. And they, they swarm from all over to just come hear him speak. And he gets out on the boat and he says, well, there was this farmer. He had some seed. He threw it, some land on a path. The bird ate it up. His other seed fell on like some rocky soil. It sprouted up and it died off real quick. This other seed grew, but it got choked out. This other seed fell on good soil. Uh, if you have ears to hear, let them hear. And that was it. Right? And we look at that and we're thinking, well, that's no kind of message. But what he was doing was he was separating the people that were there because of their faith and people that were there because of what they had heard about him. They were, he was separating the people that were just coming to see the show as opposed to the people that were there with their faith. So... If they had ears to hear, meaning they had faith, they would have understood his parables. So then they leave in the boat, and then they go to the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. But while they're in the boat, a storm picks up, right? Remember this? And, and, and Jesus is asleep. He's asleep in the boat while the waves are crashing down on the boat, and the wind is whipping around. It, 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 it's scary. They're terrified. And they wake Jesus up, and they say, we're, we're going to be capsized. We're, we're in danger here. And he says, to the sea and to the, uh, and to the wind, calm. And everything becomes calm, except for the disciples, because it says that they are afraid. When he does that, he sa they says they are afraid. Why would they be afraid? Because they didn't understand how much power this man had. They knew they had seen him heal people. They had seen him give sight to the blind. They had seen these miracles. But who was this man that could tell the sea to be still? Who could tell the wind to stop blowing and that the sea and the wind would obey him? They didn't know that he had this power. So they end up in the land of uh, the Gadarenes, right? And, and, and when they get there, there is a man possessed. And Jesus, he's been possessed for a long time. And he, he was shackled and his clothes were torn. And Jesus comes up to him and he, and he asks him what his name was. And the demon says, legions, because we are many, right? So the demons plead with Jesus, don't kick us out of this country. So Jesus says, okay, there's some pigs over here. Sends them into the pigs. Pigs jump off the cliff and drown. Is Kate's favorite joke. What did the pigs do? They committed oh, suicide. suicide. Right. <laughs> the pigs drowned. Right. And the people that were there that were in charge of feeding the pigs, they ran back to the city. 
because they just lost all their livestock. It's all gone. All the pigs are gone. They're going to get blamed for it. So they run back to the city to tell the people in town what had happened. The whole city comes out to see what had gone down. And the man that they had seen possessed for so many years was now sitting there, it says, in his right mind. They had heard about and they had seen the effects of the power Jesus has. But the Bible says, after they saw the power and the effect that Jesus had on this man's demons, they begged him to leave. The Bible doesn't say why they begged him to leave. But some might tell you that, well, uh, they're probably angry at him for killing off all their livestock. I would argue that they asked him to leave because they didn't want to change. They saw the effect that he had on the demons other people had, and they said, I don't want that. I like my demons. I like living the life that I'm living now. I like uh, having these things in my life. I don't want to give them up. So they asked him to leave. You ever run across people like that? That'll see the, the Jesus in your life? See the effects that Jesus has had on you? But for some reason, they just don't give to him. They don't give in to him. They don't, they don't give their heart and lives to them for some reason. It's because they have sin in their life that they're not ready to get rid of. Now, the reason I backed up so far uh, was to show that people knew what Jesus could do. Not necessarily who he was, but what he could do. They didn't understand that he was the son of God, but they understood that he could do some miracles, that they could do something, that he could do something for them. And one of those people was a man named Jairus, and he was one of the leaders of the synagogue. He was one of the religious leaders. And his daughter, who was 12 years old, was very sick. In fact, she was on her deathbed. So when Jesus had left, and, 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 and when, he, when he left uh, uh, the Gadarenes, and, and, and he went back across the sea, when he got to land, Jairus came to him, fell down at his feet, and begged him to come heal his daughter. He bows down at the feet and begs him to heal her. And Jesus agrees. And that's where we're going to pick up in verse 25. So he's, he's, being, he's been swarmed by people. Okay, he, he, he's just he's being mobbed. And so in verse 25 says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But the disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging, thronging you? You say, Who touched me? And he turned around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. 
Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for, uh, thank you for bringing us together to, to, to dive into your word and, and, and find out what you want us to hear. Lord, I just pray that you would open our minds and, and soften our hearts to your word. Lord, uh, speak through me. Please don't let these be my words. Let them be yours. Speak to us now as your servants are listening. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this woman, she'd been suffering uh, from a hemorrhaging that was apparently incurable. It had been going on for 12 years. And she went to see physician after physician. And her condition, it, not only did it not get any better, but it said it got worse. And you think about that. When, when you go to see a doctor, what do you expect? You expect them that they're going to be able to heal you. They're, you expect them they're, they're going to be able to figure out what's wrong with you at the very least. But she kept going to doctor after doctor, probably getting her hopes up each time she saw a new doctor. And what happened? She kept getting worse. She kept having her disappointment brought back over and over again. And apparently they didn't have free health care back then either. Because it said that she spent all of her money and became broke paying all of these doctors. So not only is she afflicted, not only is she not being healed, but now she's also broke. Have you ever tried to find solutions in the world for, con- for a condition only God can solve? Right? I, you see this a lot with um, people that, that are, are, are terminally ill will, will, will try to find um, remedies that are outside of one before going to God, but outside of medicine also. They, they'll, they'll look for um, things that are overseas, that are tried out in other countries, and they'll, they'll spend all this money to fly over and, and have these things done to them, only to find out that it doesn't work. When we don't have Christ in our lives, it's just like that, right? We, we, we were searching. We're blindly searching for something to heal us, and we cannot find anything. If that wasn't bad enough, look at what Leviticus chapter 15 tells us about her condition. <coughs> Leviticus 15. I don't know if you notice this, but anytime a preacher says turn to Leviticus, it's never a good thing. It's always... Bad. Nobody has ever preached a, a cheery message out of Leviticus. Leviticus 15, uh, verses 25 through 27 says, If a woman has discharged her blood for many days, other than the time for customary impurity, or if it runs beyond her usual time of impurity, all the days of her unclean discharge shall be as the days of her customary impurity. She shall be unclean. Every bed on which she lies all the days of her discharge shall be to her as the bed of her impurity. And whatever she sits on shall be unclean as the uncleanness of her impurity. Verse 27. Whoever touches those things shall be unclean. He shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. So not only is she suffering from the bleeding, not only is she suffering the loss of money. Not only is she suffering from uh, getting her hopes up and just having them dashed, but now she's suffering socially. She can't interact with people. She, she can't be around people. She can't touch anybody. We talk, I, I preached on the, um, the leper 
who, when Jesus healed him, he touched him. And I told you, I believe the reason that he touched him was because he had gone so long without being touched, without the, having that affection, without being around people and feeling that love. This is what this woman was going through. Think about that. Couldn't be around people. Even her husband. Her husband would have been allowed to divorce her in this situation because, because of her condition, unable to have children. He would have been able to divorce her because she couldn't be around him. If she sat in a chair, he couldn't sit in the chair. You sit in that chair? Yes. Uh, now I can't go out. Sorry, guys. I can't go to the game tonight. I sat in my wife's chair. I got to take a bath. I'll see you tomorrow. You made you unclean. If she touched anything that you touched, you are now unclean. That's an awful way to go through life. So even though she was unclean, she makes her way through the crowd because she wants to touch the cloak of Jesus. Why does she want to do that? Verse 27 tells you because she heard about Jesus. She hadn't seen, she hadn't experienced she hadn't come outside one day and her crippled best friend was now up cutting her grass saying, look what Jesus did. She didn't experience any of that. It's, the Bible says she heard about Jesus. If you came to Kaya uh, this past Wednesday night, uh, this may sound familiar. Uh, we, we talked about how Jacob had heard that there was grain in Egypt. And he acted on, uh, he took faith and he sent, he said there was grain in Egypt, and he sent his ten sons. He took a leap of faith, right? Uh, and we see the same thing here. She has faith, and now she's going to take action. So her action was to go and touch the garment of Jesus. And the garment is kind of a vague term, right? And Matthew and Luke give a more clear understanding of what she was actually going to touch. Matthew tells us that she was going to touch the hem of his garment, H-E-M. But Luke tells us that she was going to touch the border. What she touched is important for two reasons. First, in Numbers 15, you'll have to turn there. Numbers 15, uh, verse 38 through 40 says, Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. And you shall have the tassels that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that you may not follow the harlotry to which your heart and your eyes are inclined. And that you may remember to do my commands and be holy for your God. So these tassels that are hanging from their garments represent God's commands. They represent God's word. Now, we find out in Deuteronomy, tells us there's four tassels, and they hang from the corners of his robe. So they would hang down at, near their feet, at the bottom of their, their, their garment, and they, they would sway. And it was to remind the people, as they walked, of God's commandments, of God's word, and how they should obey. So she reached for God's word. Okay, she reached out for God's word. So let me move my tissues. Oh. Sorry. It, 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 it's, it's going around. It's going around our household. I don't know about y'all. 
She was reaching out for the tassel, which represented God's word. She's reaching out for the word. And anytime you reach out to the word and it's connected to the truth, anytime you reach out for the word and it's connected to Jesus, who is the life, the truth, I'm sorry, he is uh, the light, the truth, and the life. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm way out of my, uh, when I was coming down, I hit my, <laughs> hit my uh, pad and it, it took off on me. Here's the way, the truth, and the life. I'm sorry, I skipped ahead like three pages here. Okay, I found it. I'm good. We're good now. We're good. And if you're reaching out for the word and it's connected to the truth, you can't help but be healed. But there's a second reason why what she touched is so important. And it has to do with the location of the tassels. Where are the tassels at? They're hanging at the bottom of his garment. So what did she do? She had to get low. She had to get down on her hands and knees. She had to get down to Jesus' feet to touch these tassels. She had to humble herself. She had to humble herself. And that's what we need to do. It reminds me of, of, of the, the story that Jesus told when he was at the banquet uh, with the Pharisees. And he said, if you ever get invited to a wedding banquet, don't try and sit up near the head of the table where, where, where the host is. He said, because then somebody else more important is going to come in and they're going to say, hey, would you mind scooting down? Because you're not as important as this guy. He said, instead, sit down there at the end of the table and then somebody will ask you, to move up. It says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. You exalt yourself. You think you're, you think you're supposed to be sitting at the top, but you're not. You're going to be humbled. And he who humbles himself shall be exalted. And that's what he's saying. Humble yourself before him. And that's what she does. She gets down on her hands and knees at Jesus' feet just to touch this tassel. Now, the Bible says she was healed immediately. Just like that. She was healed. Twelve years of seeing doctors. Twelve years these doctors tried and only got worse. And but the instant she touched that tassel, she was made well of her affliction. I mean, you might be thinking, well, that's great for her. It would have been great if I was living back then. I could have gone and touched Jesus and got some of that power. But what good does that do me now? He's not here for me to touch him to get his power. Jesus is still releasing that power, but he's doing it through his Holy Spirit. When you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, he ha- you have that power. You have that same power. So Jesus turns around and asks, who touched him? Because he felt power leave him. This is the first time, it's the only time we see in Scripture where he heals somebody and we hear about power being released from God, from Jesus. And notice how his disciples kind of get smart with him in verse 31. Verse 31 says, uh, this is disciples. But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? They're saying, are you kidding me, Jesus? Do you see all these people that are swarming, that are hoarding all around you? And you want to know who touched you? There's hundreds of people. They're, they're, They're getting kind of... Smart with Jesus here. But Jesus knows who touched him. But she's scared. She's scared. Because she knows what has happened in her body. 
So what did she do? She fell down before him and told him the whole truth, the Bible tells us. Told him the whole truth. And it's only after she tells Jesus the whole truth that he calls her something that he doesn't call anyone else in all Scripture. His daughter. Then he tells her that her faith has made her well. That word well, it means whole. Your faith has made you whole. So she now entered into a relationship with Christ that went way beyond just the physical healing. Her relationship with Christ isn't just that now she's, she's cured from her disease. She's become his daughter. She has now entered into the family of God. See, a lot of people want the blessing, but they don't want the relationship. They, they, they want the things that God has to offer, but they don't want the things that go along with it. They don't want that relationship. They don't want that, that, that feeling of, uh, of, oh, I'm doing wrong, a feeling of conviction in their lives. But they want what he has. They just don't want that relationship. Here's what I want us to take away uh, from the passage today. There was a mob of people surrounding Jesus. People pushing and shoving each other to get near him. But we only see one person experience his power. Why? Hebrews 4 verse 2 says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith. And those who heard it. Those people that were all around him, they heard. They heard about Jesus. They heard him preach. They heard the parables. They heard of his healing powers. And their sole concern was, what can he do for me? The difference between them and this woman is that she came with faith. She wasn't supposed to be there. She wasn't supposed to be around people. She wasn't supposed to touch anyone. She was unclean. Anytime something unclean touches something that's clean, that clean thing becomes unclean. Jesus has the opposite effect. Jesus, when you're unclean and you touch clean, he makes you clean. He takes that upon himself. Her condition was to the point where she didn't have any other options. It just kept getting worse. She was broke. She was ostracized. She was living in physical, social, and emotional anguish for 12 years. She was at the end of her rope. She had nothing else to do, nowhere else to turn. Have you ever noticed how some people have to hit rock bottom before they put their faith in Jesus? They will go through years of torment and disappointment, trying to do things their own way, only to find that they can't do it. That's okay. You know why? Because Jesus will meet you where you are. He will come to you. He will find you. No matter how much faith or how little faith, no matter how prosperous you've been or how down in the dumps you are, he will come to you. He will come to you where you are and lift you up. All this woman wanted to do was to get in there, touch the hem of his garment, be healed, and get out. That's all she wanted. She just wanted the healing. But because she came with faith, he gave her so much more. 
God doesn't mind giving you things. This is not a prosperity uh, uh, message. He doesn't mind giving you things, whether it be financial, physical healing, good health, healthy relationships. He doesn't mind doing those things. But what matters most is he wants you to be, he wants you to put your faith and trust in him so that you can be adopted into the family of God and that he can call you son or daughter. And that's what faith can do for us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you for this opportunity to be here in your house. Thank you for the opportunity to, to preach your word. Thank you for the opportunity just to, to be with other fellow believers, people that have put their trust in, in, in you. Lord, we love you. We just ask that you would um, just imprint on our hearts your word, Lord. Soften our hearts to your word. Allow us to take these words from you and, 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 and live them out in our lives. Lord, it's not enough just to hear your words. We need to come to you with faith. We need to put our faith in you. We need to confess our sins. Lord, we love you so much, and we just ask that you would be with us today. Um, and as we go out throughout the rest of this week, we just pray that you will put us in contact with somebody that we can share our faith with. Someone that maybe is, is living in darkness. Someone that needs that light. And I just pray that you allow us to, to let your light shine through us and be that light that leads them out of the darkness into your feet. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are um, going to have a, a, a time of invitation. Um, if, uh, if you don't know the healing power of Christ, if you haven't put your, your trust and faith in him yet, and you believe that he, he, he's working on you. I, I know I was in church for a year, sitting in the pew, and every time we had invitation, I, I felt that the pastor w was speaking to me. I, I felt that tug on my heart, and I just felt like, I, I don't know what stopped me for so long from coming forward and, and, um, and giving my heart and life to Christ. But um, I'm, I'm forever grateful that I did. I'm grateful for that church. I'm grateful for Christ and what he's done for me in my life and, and, and the, the changes that, um, that I've made. And, and I, I just love him so much. And I, I, my prayer daily is, is that um, someone can see that light in me and hopefully um, lead them to him. Yes, dear.